I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. sweet friends and welcome to our monthly mental health check-in episode. So happy February. Let's get that out of the way. I'm not sure if your team January felt a million years long or if you are team how is it even February? (laughs) I feel like I'm kind of somewhere in between. Part of me cannot believe that it is February already. It's just really weird because as I mentioned in a previous podcast episode, January just didn't come in blazing like it does usually for me. In other words, it didn't feel like this big grand entrance of a brand new year. And I know a lot of you have felt the same because you've reached out to me and let me know that you really resonated with that. So January kind of felt fast and slow at the same time for me. But when it comes down to it, I truly can't believe it's February already. So let's talk January. And the reason why I feel like maybe it was longer than I feel like it was. (laughs) Or when I think about how it's already February, when I was prepping for this episode, I was like, wow, January actually does kind of feel a little bit longer than I realized. But if you're new here, these monthly mental health check-in episodes are our guaranteed, they are our guaranteed solo episode of the month. So every single month I do this solo episode on the first Wednesday of the month and we just have this raw open conversation about mental health. I do a recap of the month before and share a mental health practice that stood out to me that month. And every month I try to offer something different and I'm really excited to share what I have for you today. And then usually I answer a listener question related to mental health or I just kind of jam out freestyle on my own mental health topic, usually something that I've been talking a lot with clients about, that sort of thing. So let's just dive in, talk about January first of all. So January actually started off really stressful for me. I was so stressed and I think that kind of added to my lack of new year like vibes type of feelings honestly when the year started my dog Penny who if you know anything about me at all you know that she's not a dog she's my baby (laughs) so when the new year started Penny actually got really sick 
she had this really scary episode. I came home to it and it was really traumatic to me to find her in the way that she was. She was shaking and really worked up and there was blood all over the floor. She had been throwing up blood. Anyways, it was super traumatic and terrifying for me. And something that I've talked to my therapist about, which we can talk about later. But anyways, it was a whole thing and it kept going on and on and on for days. And then it was like she would go through these periods of feeling okay for a few hours and then she'd go back into not feeling good. And I was just a mess and I was really just kind of like getting through the days and felt like I was kind of in one of those clouds that you feel like you're in when you're just trying to get through the day. So as I said, my year started off really stressful and hard dealing with the penny stuff, but I do think we have it figured out. So there is like a happy ending to this story. I think Penny actually has colitis, stress-induced colitis, because she has these colitis-type flares every single time she's stressed. And as you all know, my business is 100% online, so I'm basically always home, especially in the winter. I do not leave the house, so I am always home with Penny. And back in December... We bought ourselves a new house and I've been going over to the new house to do painting and things like that. So she's been alone for a few hours here and there and she started getting really stressed and other times she gets stressed is like when we take her to the vet and when she goes gets a haircut. Anyways, all of these situations in her life are very stressful and it affects her digestion and then we have these episodes of her getting really sick and so our vet um, talked to us about her having stress-induced colitis which makes a lot of sense. So anyways my biggest issue with her was she wasn't eating for me She would go like a full day without eating. And obviously when a dog doesn't eat, that's a huge sign that something is wrong. But the funny thing about Penny is she's never actually been like a dog that has been overly interested in food. We've fed her kibble all her life, like a really high quality um, freeze-dried raw grain-free like all the good things, kibble. So she's been eating a really high quality kibble all her life, but she was just never interested in it. And we've switched brands because she's had a whole host of like health issues growing up and she's only four. And so she's really not old. But over the past four years, like we've really been focusing on her diet and trying to get it right and we've been trying all of these different things but I've never actually just like did strictly home-cooked food for her like she was eating kibble but I would have to fry up a little bit of grass-fed ground beef and then sprinkle it on her kibble for an example to entice her to eat her kibble 
But when she got really sick, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how much food she needs and just start cooking her her meals. And ever since like before even the middle of January, so I would say about three weeks now, I have been cooking her meals, like all of her meals. She's been eating grass-fed ground beef and some wild-caught salmon and then whatever vegetables I'm eating. So she likes green beans and sweet potatoes and steamed carrots. And she also really likes steamed beets too. So she's been basically eating the exact same food that I've been eating throughout the day and she's been doing really good. So without turning this podcast episode into an episode all about how I take care of my dog with ulcerative colitis, we can move on. But that is how my January started off. It was really stressful, but we got things under control and figured out with Penny. She is absolutely thriving right now. And I have never, ever, ever in my life seen her so excited to eat. So that makes my heart happy because we need to eat and we should actually be excited to eat as should dogs. So my first weekend in January after the new year, I was in my second module of somatic experiencing practitioner training. So you may have heard of me talk about somatic therapy before. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. I am studying and I'm in a three-year program to become a somatic therapist. And we have these modules every few months. And they are a really intense four-day module that we're in. So it's usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday from 10 until 5. And it's just really intense four days of lecture and practicing on each other and things like that. So there was Christmas and then there was New Year's. And then the week right after was a four-day course that I was in. So again, January just started off with a lot, dealing with a lot, right? And usually... I spend my weekends very chill. I don't even open my laptop. I hardly go on my phone on weekends unless I scheduled a chat with one of my friends over the weekend. But I very much peace out on the weekends and I'm just really present doing whatever I want to do on the weekends. And that always feels really good. But then there was Christmas, then there was New Year's, and then I had my somatic experiencing training, and it just felt like a lot for me. (laughs) I just felt like I just could have used a weekend before going into the training. So with all that being said, I just feel like my January really started off with a lot mentally. I was thinking a lot about Penny, and then I had a really intense training that I was going through. It was really great, but it just started off really busy. And then to add to all of that, Scott and I got the keys to our new house on December 30th. So 
we plan to move into our new house at the end of February, which means we've been spending the entire month of January painting the house and prepping the house so we can actually move in. We initially planned to just paint the house and move in, but then we started kind of putting our own touch on the house and we knocked out a few walls and now we're kind of, you know, building it back to how we want it to look. It's super fun. I love the process of doing this. I've really never ever did anything like this before. Like I've never owned my own house to work on and do all these renos too. So it's really fun and it's a new experience for me, but it's just been a really busy month. January has, but it's all good things. So that is kind of a recap of where my mental health was at throughout January. It started off really stressful. I was definitely struggling at the beginning of the month with penny related things. But to kind of talk a little bit more into that is in reflection. And as I'm sharing this with you, I know a lot of you come to my podcast and listen to all of these episodes because I talk a lot about eating disorders and recovery from other types of mental illness. And I have struggled with eating disorders since I was 10 years old. I'm 30 now. So for the majority of my life, eating disorders were a large part of my life. And it's so incredible to just experience that like life can actually be free from an eating disorder It's really so incredible. And I think I'm just going to hop to our kind of Q&A for this week. So the question that I received actually from one of my clients, and I feel like this might be a question on your heart as well, is, is fully recovering from an eating disorder actually possible? Or is it always going to be something that's part of me? This is something a client of mine brought up in our session, and we actually had a really good conversation around this, and I just wanted to kind of bring it to the show as well. So first of all, I will say yes, recovering from an eating disorder is absolutely possible. Of course, I think you know that recovery is possible from an eating disorder, but like, is full recovery possible? Or is it always, is this eating disorder always going to be part of you? Like, for an example, every single meal you go to eat, every time you load up your plate, is there going to be this eating disorder in your mind? Like, are you always going to be acknowledging it in some way? And the answer is no, there is freedom from that. And that's how I experience my daily life. And this is what I want for you too. And this is exactly why I do the work that I do. And actually something, I came across something really interesting on Instagram today, and I'm going to pull it up. This is totally 
improv. I wasn't planning on talking about this. But while we're on the topic, (laughs) I'm going to read this post to you. So I was watching one of my friend's stories today and she posted this post on Instagram. She shared it to her stories and it says, there's a reason why so many people who start out as food and body image writers slash coaches slash influencers move on to other topics after a few years. Once you heal, the rest of your life opens up to you. Once you heal, you don't really want to talk about food and body image anymore. And I couldn't agree more with this. I truly could not agree more with this. And just so you know who wrote this post, um, it's at the fuck it diet. So it's Caroline Dooner. And she also wrote a book called The Fuck It Diet, I believe. And I've heard really great things. I personally haven't read it because just like what she says, (laughs) once you heal, the rest of your life opens up to you. Once you heal, you don't really want to want or need to talk about food and body image anymore. So I haven't read her book because I don't, I'm not interested in reading books about food freedom and body image stuff and like, you know, how to break free from dieting because I I don't need that information in my life anymore. It's not a topic that, um, interests me like to read about anymore and in the past I used to I used to gobble up all of those books because I always felt like there was something wrong with me I always felt like there was something missing and you know like every single time I picked up a book I felt like okay I was going to find the answer that was going to heal me And books just never, ever provided that for me, but that's a whole other topic. But the reason I share this with you is because I do fully agree with this post. I went through a phase in my life where I did not want to talk about food or body or anything anymore. I went through that phase and I actually stopped seeing one-on-one clients. I really got into my essential oils business. I had a whole company called Nourished and Free and I was really dedicated to that business because I thought it gave me this opportunity to talk about something other than food and body. But I'll tell you something else is that I deeply, deeply care and I deeply, deeply understand where all of you are who are dealing with food issues, whether that's an eating disorder or disordered eating, or maybe you don't even know what you're dealing with, but you know that there's something wrong with your relationship with food. I so understand that. And I just have so much compassion for those of you who are at this place in your journey. I also deeply understand the body image piece. I so deeply understand if you are struggling with your body image and your mental health around food and your body image. And 
like I said, I went through a period of time where I just like really could not talk about that anymore. I, you know, I, I just didn't want to talk about that anymore. But then I realized that there is nothing else in this world that I would rather do than help women overcome the exact thing that I overcame in my life. I do believe that I was put on earth for a reason. I do believe that I went through all of those years of battling eating disorders for a reason. And I do believe that I, like, I really think that I am so good at holding space for people and understanding people and creating like this non-judgmental space and guiding others through their own healing journey. So with all of that to say... I kind of went on a tangent there, so forgive me. (laughs) But I so deeply want to help you through your journey. So if you're listening to this right now, wondering if you can ever break free from this eating disorder, if you can ever break free from your funky, disordered relationship with food, I... I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and your most loving, supportive friend. And next week, we actually have a podcast episode coming out. So stay tuned. But it's with one of my clients who I just finished working with. Her and I worked together for five months. And I think her episode is really going to resonate with you. So that's next week. But what I will say this week, because this is the topic that I wanted to talk about in this week's mental health check-in episode is, can you actually ever fully recover from an eating disorder, you know, or is it always going to be there? And it absolutely is possible to fully recover. And, you know, an eating disorder, I believe is always going to be a part of you in the sense that it's always going to have happened, right? You're always going to have had that experience, but it's not going to be part of you in the sense that every single day you're going to be waking up thinking about this eating disorder that you have to kind of navigate. That's a part of recovery, but full recovery is going through your days and not even thinking about it, but then you're going to have these moments that are kind of like a moment of extreme gratitude for where you are in your journey. And often it happens to me because I work with women who have eating disorders and I'm often reminded of how far I've come. So that's how, you know, parts of my past experiences with an eating disorder show up for me now is like a reminder of how far I've come, not something that I have to learn to navigate on a daily basis. So I hope that little speech I just gave gives you hope and the inspiration or the outlook that you need that recovery is possible. Full recovery is absolutely possible for you. And I'm here 
if you need an extra support system on your team, I would love to be that person for you. So as always in these episodes, I'm also sharing one mental health practice that really stood out to me this past month. And actually, I've been thinking of you so often this month, and I've been so excited to record this episode because I this mental health practice actually really stood out to me, and I was like, I cannot wait to share it on this month's episode. So when Scott and I bought our new house, he suggested creating an Instagram account for it. I could not believe my boyfriend (laughs) suggested that we create an Instagram account for this. He hates getting his picture taken. He hates when I take videos of him and post them and stuff like that. He's not a fan. So when he suggested that we should create like this house account to show all of the renos we're doing, I got really excited. I was like, I am so on board with this idea. So we bought a character home. So I found this handle, character home reno, because we were going to show our renos of our character home. I still can't believe that this handle wasn't already taken. I think it's brilliant character home reno. It's just so easy and it makes sense. And with Instagram being like, filled with accounts these days. I just couldn't believe that handle was actually still available. Anyways, that's beside the point. So I made this house account and when I made it, like I realized, huh, I'm going to have to kind of follow some people, right? So I didn't want to just follow like all of my friends and all of the accounts I follow on my main Instagram account. So what I did is the entire feed, the only accounts I follow on that house account are interior design accounts. And it made me realize how much of of an effect, like a, a positive effect it had on me. And that's when I started thinking about you. So I'm not sure what your feeds look like on Instagram. I'm not sure what kind of accounts you're following. And I hope that they're not triggering accounts. And I can promise you the accounts that I'm following on Instagram are definitely not triggering. When I was going through hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery, I unfollowed so many accounts, so many accounts that were like very body focused and made me feel a certain way about my body. Anyways, I did a whole Instagram purge and I unfollowed all of these accounts that made me think, why on earth am I following this account? So my main Instagram account, I follow a lot of people that I've followed for years. It's also no longer flooded with pictures of food anymore. It definitely used to be years ago. My entire feed would just be filled with pictures of food. But I more so follow a lot of different accounts now, I guess like a lot of therapists and a lot of my friends who are also coaches, but in like the health and wellness industry. Anyways, there's a certain vibe to the followers that I follow on Instagram. 
but it feels like very educational. So every time I open up my main Instagram account, I feel like there's all this education being like thrown at me and in my face, which isn't a bad thing. But there's a certain vibe to that, right? To know you're going on Instagram to learn something, to have all of this information thrown at you. But with my house account, on the other hand, I can scroll and scroll my feed and all I see is pictures of houses. The interior of the house and like how they design their living room and the couch they bought and how they designed their kitchen and what kind of decor they put on their fireplace and in their entryway. I did not know I would love this so much, but the mental health practice I'm trying to share with you and sum up for you in like a sentence here is... I created an Instagram account and only follow people that of of like one kind of category. So for an example, something that you could possibly do this month is make a second Instagram account and maybe all you follow on that account is also interior design accounts. If that's your thing, if that's something you're interested in. Or maybe you really love travel and you create this brand new Instagram account and all you follow on that page is pictures of or like accounts about travel in different places in the world. And it's just so cool to not see anything that I usually see on Instagram and just about a house. Like interior design is kind of such a neutral category. And I'm, I feel like I'm never really being taught anything. I just log on and I just like see these pretty living rooms and bedrooms and cool things like that. So that's my mental health practice this month. And I know it sounds kind of weird. It's kind of a weird one, but I was actually really excited to share this with you. It's just creating an Instagram account that has nothing to do with what you normally see on Instagram. So maybe you do follow health and wellness people and that's okay. Maybe your Instagram feed's not triggering, but what if you made another account that was just filled with dogs, for an example. Maybe you just have a thing for puppies. And so you just follow all these puppy accounts. And when you just want to see puppies, you have this whole account that you can just log on and your entire feed is filled with puppies. So let me know if you do this practice this month. Let me know if you create another Instagram account and you fill your feed with just one thing. I don't know. It just felt really good for me. And when I noticed how good I felt every single time I logged on to my house account, I was like, I need to share this in the mental health episode this month. So that is a wrap for this month's mental health episode. I've been also reading a lot too which also makes me really happy. I read three books throughout the month of January. So I am ahead of schedule for my reading goal 
And I know a lot of you were wondering if I was doing a book club or what was happening with a book club this year. But honestly, just hop over to Instagram, follow me at I am Meg Dahl. The link is in the show notes. And I'm always posting what I'm reading in my stories. I have all of my favorite books saved to the highlight on my main page so you can just click the highlight that says books and you can find all of my favorite books there so thank you so much for tuning in again this week as always if you're enjoying the show you can hop over to instagram let me know that you love the show and even better take a screenshot of the show right now post it to instagram tag me because then i can see who's watching the show and chat with you over on Instagram. So thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back with a special episode next week with one of my clients. 